Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First things Tommy Reese told us when we started covering Notre Dame football this year is that we're going to be as good as Ian Book is. And I think Ian Book just got better and better and better throughout the course of the season. It was right around coming off that Louisville game, that Pitt game. It's just been nothing but up from there. And wide receivers have started to get healthy. Baby Gronk has aged quickly. He's almost taken weeks as if they're seasons throughout the course of this year and just gotten better throughout. Javon McKinley goes from a great blocker to just a dominating pass catcher and route runner and monster on the deep stuff. Uh, Being able to go up and get it, be physical. I mean, he is a big, big receiver. And you have the same thing over on the other side with Ben Skoranek and then two big old tight ends too. And you have all that speed coming out of the backfield. Chris Tyree, Kyron Williams. There's a lot of playmakers to think about on this offense. And then the Ian Book athleticism. I think people come in thinking, oh, this guy's sneaky athletic. And he's not. He's athletic. Uh, He's pure athlete and the ultimate competitor. And and it took until he was the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history for him to finally get the respect that he is due, which is crazy to me. I guess it's neither here nor there. All that matters is that he got the respect that he is due. And now he gets a chance. The rest is unwritten. The rest is in his hands. He has the pen. There's the paper. He can go write his legacy with these remaining three games. So there you go. My one point that I do want to make is I think Ian Book, and if especially so if he wins this ACC championship the second time around against Clemson, I think Notre Dame's in regardless. But if he wins this second time around against Clemson, he's got to be in the middle of that Heisman conversation. And, and the only thing that would be holding him back is Brian Kelly, Tommy Reese, their insistence at the beginning of this year that they're going to establish the running game And that took the ball out of Ian Book's hands and put it in the hands of the running backs and the offensive line and the tight ends. That's what they were building. And all along, they knew that they were going to have to supplement that with the passing game if they were going to beat Clemson. And they perfectly layered that in, like we're saying, after Louisville before, you know, that pit game as they built up to Clemson. And then that's what won them, the Clemson game. But they had the running game to go along with it, as you remember Kyron breaking that 70-yarder for a touchdown or however long that run was. So 
that was the whole strategy all year long. So could book stats be up there with the top of these Heisman contenders? Absolutely they could. Absolutely they could. But that was not going to be the winning formula for Notre Dame this year. And Book was the first one to buy into that idea. And it's why Notre Dame is currently sitting where they are. And speaking of why Notre Dame is currently sitting where they are, that was all offense. Let's get to this defense. Let's get to some of the stars of the show here. Man, what a year for this Notre Dame defense. Like Clark Lee coming in to the season, I would have said any program in the country that needs a head coach, that is your man. And then you get to spend all this time with him. And probably more importantly, spend all this time with his players. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. You name it. Kyle Hamilton. Drew White. Any player that we talk to. The way that they speak about their coach. Like mentor, father figure, uh, friend. Like some of the words that they use to describe him and his style. It lets you know that this guy's different. Right? I think this is a one in a billion kind of a coach. And it's why he has such successes because not only the X's and O's and the schemes, but he connects with these players. And I think he has so many personal conversations with them about where they want to go with their lives. And he, he, he really pulls out of football mode, goes into them as people, and ultimately gets the best results on the football field because of that. That's a rare, rare thing. That is a rare, rare thing. Forget about it as a football coach, as a manager in general. He is a rare, rare cat talking about Clark Lee. It's a big, big reason why Notre Dame is currently undefeated. How many second halves of games did Notre Dame defensively just take over, pitch a shutout? Whatever the case was, this defense all year long answered the bell when they needed it most. Let's hear from their leader, Jeremiah Awusu-Koromoa, the best linebacker, one of the best players, one of the best linebackers and players in all of college football. And as far as the interviews we've done this year, this very well may be the coolest. Enjoy. Who would you say is the best linebacker in the entire country right now, Jeremiah? Oh, man. I guess that's up to you guys, man. You guys do the ratings. You guys do the judgment. And ultimately, you know, y'all do the, you know, Ratings and how people go to the next level and stuff like that. I'll let y'all decide that. Um, Is that you know, something that matters to you? Yeah. Take it. Is that something that matters to you? Hey, opinions of others? Nah. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm leave it at y'all. But, you know, in my, personally in my heart, I believe that I am. So, Yes, sir. You know, yeah. I, your play speaks for itself. I've always been, though, so fascinated by your mind. How did your spirituality, how did you become such a spiritual man? Where does that come from? Oh, uh, well, you know. My dad originally is from Accra, Ghana, um, and, you know, that's a naturally, um, you know, spiritual place that, you know, really relies on God and really relies on, you know, spirituality to get them through uh, their ups and their downs. Um, my mother is also from Fort Myers, Florida. She's really in tune. Um, you know, her family, uh, you know, you have a lot of in- instances where, you know, they're connected to slavery and, you know, in slavery, spirituality was a huge thing. And, uh, you know, it's carried on throughout the tradition. So I got the best of both worlds. Uh, with my mom and my dad, and uh, it got passed down to me, uh, down the lineage. So, wow. So, so is it? Is there a point in your childhood that you can remember where that really became important to you, or has it just always been there as a part of your life? Uh, it, it's always been there as a part of my life, but you know, I didn't really get serious until about my eleventh grade. Um, you know, I was always reading scripture, you know, uh, old holy text, but you know, it, it, it didn't get really serious until about my eleventh grade year, uh, summer. So. Hmm. How about for football? When, when was the first moment you stood out on a football field? Man, uh, the first time I put on the helmet, I, I cried. My brother Jerry, 
always kind of jokes with me about that. Uh, you know, I just thought it was too big for my head and it was tight. And, you know, I never really wanted to play when I was younger. But when I got to like, you know, seven years old, I started, you know, got recruited off the basketball field, actually. Um, I got recruited off of the basketball uh, court, excuse me, um, to play football for, I think it was uh, Hampton Tornadoes. Um, you know, it was like a private league kind of situation. And I played running back. Um, so that was kind of where, you know, everybody was like, okay, this kid may be special. Um, when I was playing running back, I was playing uh, no guard. I was going to get a no guard. Um, so, <laughs> you know, those two situations. Hang on. You were playing running back and nose guard? Yeah. You know, literally, man, you stick anybody anywhere. You know, where you knew that the quarterback and the nose guard are probably the closest two people. The fastest one, you stick them in the middle. You know, literally, centers can't really block, so you just run past them, get the quarterback, and plays over. So, so I guess it's smart, you know, in a sense. So, did you did you like playing defense or offense better? Uh, I, I like defense. Um, you know, just because I'm doing the hitting, I don't have to worry about you know trying to run from eleven people. You know, I'm I'm the one I'm one out of eleven on defense. Uh, you know, trying to hit you know one person. And on offense, you know, you catch the ball and 11 guys are after you. So <laughs> I always liked, you know, the defensive side of the ball. What what nicknames do you get called most? Is there any nicknames that have kind of stuck with you throughout your career, throughout your life? Uh, Wooske. A lot of the people call me Wooske. Uh, you know, when I was little, they used to call me Twoo. Uh, you know, I always, wore some, I always wore a number with two in it. So everybody used to call me Twoo, like – Move to, I don't get it, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so why a Wooske? Uh, just, you know, I kind of brought it here, I feel like. Like it was like a, uh, you know, introduction, Wooske. Like, you know, as a freshman, nickname Wooske or nickname Woo or, you know, Twoo or however you want to, you know, call me or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun name, Wooske. You need to add an A at the end of everything. Like, I call Drew, Drew White, you know, Drew Skay or, you know, all that, you know. Does anybody call you Joker? Joker. I've had a lot of people, a lot of my professors actually call me uh, Joker, joke. Like, they'll joke with me. Um, I had a professor for anthropology that did that. And uh, I forget his name, but, yeah. Somebody said to me this week, and I was like, Joker, I, I hadn't heard that one before. I, you put it together with the uh, J-O-K pretty quickly, but I, I kind of like that one too, man. Mm-hmm. So of all your great plays this year, what's your personal favorite? My personal favorite? Um, hmm. Well, the play that I scored seven points, I mean, I guess I'll probably say that was a favorite one, but uh, it's a competing one. Uh, on the uh, on the first state game, you know, and they were both almost the same formation. You got trips out there, and trips, you know, usually, uh, you know, you got something coming your way. So, uh, both of those those plays kind of are the same thing. But probably comes in play where I score seven points. Um, so, yeah, you you knew what play was coming, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You know, you got the back is wide out. You know, he's kind of aligned wide. We got three people out there. And, you know, where else where are you going with the ball? Can we go opposite? So. Is that something that you had seen on film throughout the course of the week, or is that just something with every offense when they line up in that formation? You it's, know. It's, it's usually repetitive, um, you know, within the offenses. 
you know, when you got tight ends out there in the slot or you got tight ends at number three, uh, you got the back aligned to your side or even the back aligned opposite um, if the back is aligned kind of, you know, horizontal to uh, the quarterback. Uh, he's usually going on a stretch play or what you would call Clemson uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the terms. So. Was it a called blitz or is that just you just thinking that that's coming? Yeah, it, it is. It is. A, it's, it's a check, actually. It's a check. It's not a like the call didn't come in blitz. No, like it. It was a check. In certain formations, we we checked so uh, to be blitzing. So I want to say exactly what we look for, but <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. The, yeah. the most impressive thing to me is that you sort of are walking around like you have no clue what's coming. You know, like you're you're kind of baiting them. Was that a little little gamesmanship going on there? Yeah, yeah, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. I do like look around, or I'll like act like I'm pushing somebody, or you know, I'll be looking that way. But you know, I'm like my helmet is this way. They can't really see your eyes, so like I got a visor. Like my helmet is this way, but I got an eye looking that way. And like they look at your helmet, they don't look at your eyes. You know, they're far away, so they don't think you're looking. But you know, little stuff like that. That's damn cool. Is it, so do you wear the visor strategically? Uh, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, with the sun glaring on your, you know, your, your little mirror on your uh, visor can give you some, some type of advantage, you know, with guys looking in your eyes and trying to figure out uh, where you're going. But, uh, you know, when it gets to raining, you got to take it off ASAP. So I, I hear you. Did, did you know that it was Because when I went back and watched that film, it was clearly, obviously, a halfback pass, and it was open. Did you have any clue of that? Say again. It was a halfback pass. That Clemson play you're talking about, the pieces down the field. Yeah. Did you know that? Um, are you are you talking about the 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 play that I scored? The halfback pass. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of we kind of knew that it was coming to our side. Um, you know, Sean was alerting me. I was alerting Sean Crawford. But uh, I, I mean, we had seen it before. But you know, a lot of guys kind of like run that same kind of play. So you know. Kind of, kind of, yes and no, you know. Because okay. it was such a huge swing play. Because when I'm watching the game back, I'm going, okay, he doesn't make that play. You know, he's going to catch that ball. He's going to throw it to a wide open receiver. They complete that. I mean, that's a 14 point swing potentially. That play right there. Yeah. Uh, so when you just isolate down to your individual performance, what would you say has been your best game of the year so far? My best game. Um, I'll probably say. Like right off the bat, probably uh, pit. You know, I didn't have any missed missed tackles or anything. Um, no really misfits. Um, I was aggressive to the ball. I got chopped a couple of times, but you know that's just the way of life. But um, covered covered pretty well with these fast kind of slots. I think I think I would say pit. You know, um, I felt like I was processing things faster, um, and maybe because it was on the NFL turf. Maybe I don't know. But, but yeah, probably good. Was that was that the same game where you had the? I think that was the one where you had the interception. You're kind of trailing the guy running behind him. Walk me through that play from your perspective. What did you see and feel? Man, he kind of he kind of got me off the ball um, right right off the. Uh, it's kind of release. He shaked me a little bit and then swiped my hands off. But you know when you see the receiver eyes kind of rise a little bit, like their eyes kind of get open, and when their eyes get open, you got to get your head back immediately. And, you know, I was a wide receiver in high school, so I kind of know a little bit um, about that side of the ball. So you kind of tell when the ball is in the air. Uh, so you get your head around and 
the ball was kind of over underthrown anyway. So, you know. How, how do they coach that specifically, Jeremiah? Just for fans at home, like, because you'll see a lot of guys who will just face cover all the way through the play. But a lot of times that draws the flag. How do they Absolutely. coach that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look, like I said, like I said before, you look at, you know, the receiver's eyes and if his eyes rise and if it's, you know, not all the time, but, you know, just small tips like that, you know, getting your head around, making sure that, um, you know, you're in phase. If you if you're out of phase, you can't turn back. If you're still trying to catch up, don't turn back because, you know, you're not going to catch him. But, um, you know, to catch up, get in phase, you look at the receiver's eyes or his hands or whatever. And, you know, the ball is coming. You turn around and you, you know, high point it. So you're saying in phase. What what does in phase mean? In phase means that you can, you know, touch the receiver. So now I'm in, in phase or the ball is in the air. I'm in phase. Out of phase is, you know, you get beat or, you know, the receiver's coming away from you and you got to catch up. When you catch up, you put your head down and you run as hard as you can and not look at the ball. So, hmm. I never heard that before. That's pretty cool. So, so, when you flip around and you try to go find the ball, what are you doing with your arms or with your hands? Like, what's the strategy there? Well, you you, you want to make sure that you feel them. It's not really it's kind of like, kind of like uh, you know, arm. You want to make sure that he's still there when the ball is in the air. You know what I'm saying? But even in that, you just trust your ability. You know what I mean? You can't really think too much when the ball is in the air. You want to make sure that you have point is, you know, use your advantages, use my size, use, you know, um, my vertical and, you know, things like that. You don't mm-hmm. want to panic. You don't want to get kind of like your head up too much because, you know, the lights sometimes can get you as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you do that better than most DBs, which is always like the most amazing part of me watching you play. I think it's why everyone's so fascinated by your games. It's like this hybrid of DB linebacker. You can't really figure out what you're best at because you do both. Uh, at that same level. Uh, how about this UNC game? I mean, you guys just played a perfect second half defensively, and that was without 14, who was lost with the targeting call in the first. Yeah. Uh, what changes were made to pitch that shutout down the stretch? I guess we just had to settle down. You know, I mean, we didn't start fast. Uh, we had to settle down and make sure everybody did their correct job. Everybody was uh, kind of, you know, set on, you know, this offense being, you know, this, you know, 500 point, 500 yards offense and we were just thinking too much so we had to settle down and we had to it wasn't nothing that we changed specifically um you know other than we kind of swapped uh corners out that was probably the only thing that we changed really um but you know guys just had to settle down guys just had to understand the scheme and uh, understand their job you know it's a team sport but even in the team sport you know you have to have individuals to make the team so uh, we had to understand that each person each individual had to do their job to make it uh you know stop which we did every single time in the uh, second half sure did Uh, when you hear people say and this is kind of buzzing around everywhere right now that you're the perfect modern day linebacker how do you hear that uh you know I just think of like evolution you know you think about you know the game evolving uh making sure that you know I you know don't give in too much of you know the the name to myself but you know one to you know play my own game but even in that, you know, modern-day linebacker, you see the guys playing a hybrid. You think, I was watching the Seahawks yesterday and Jamal Adams and the way that they were using him. Um, you, know, you think of, you know, it's like Deion Jones, um, you know, from the Falcons and things like that. So, uh, you know, you see these guys doing a lot of things on third down and these guys doing a lot of things you know, all, all over the field. So, I mean, I guess that's the modern-day linebacker is is just that, you know, that, that hybrid position. So. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a linebacker you try to emulate or look up to most? Uh, probably Jamal, Jamal Adams, like I just said. Uh, uh, you, know, you know, before the games, I might, I may watch, you know, Jamal's at you know Jamal Adams you know highlight tapes or it's the way that he kind of moves and maneuvers uh, the suddenness the, the patience uh, the small bursts and things like that. He's a smart smart player and uh, really finished well on the on the on the, on the tackle. So I think uh, he's a good player to, to model. When I was younger, I used to model. Um, was a safety from West Virginia. I think he's like Joe. He's like Joe something. I forget his name, but. Uh, he was, a, he was a guy that I modeled. It's interesting that both players you just said are safeties. Why do you, why do you think they're both safeties instead of linebackers? Well, I think, um, you know, they, they put up a um, like a little preview yesterday during the game um, of how many times Jamal Adams has aligned on, um, you know, at safety, at linebacker. And he had line, lined up at linebacker, you know, half of the times that he line, lined up at Safety, just showing his, his ability to do it all. Um, you know, I just think safeties kind of translate to linebacker in a sense, or at least the position that I want to play, you know, in the years to come and, you know, what I did in high school. So when I, when I look at, you know, those type of safeties, I look at myself as well um, in those shoes. Mm-hmm. And Jamal Adams is an unbelievable pass rusher. One of the best pass rushers leads the entire Seahawks team in pressures too. That's become a part of your game this year as well. How much fun have you been having rushing the passer, and what's different about that for you? Well, it was fun originally, but now, man, these these guys they starting to you know do all this cutting and all this. But nah, nah, honestly, um, man, it's, it's it's been fun. I think um, you know just be, just having the ability to you know do covering, but also to to blitz and blitz a lot. You know, Coach Lee has really given me the you know ability to uh, you know the opportunity to be able to blitz a lot during the game. And, uh, he, you know, he's really setting things up, whether it's a cab blitz uh, up and in or whether it's a different uh, move. It's, I think he's done a great job with, you know, incorporating everybody's skill set within the defense. So it's been fun. You know? mm-hmm. You mentioned Coach Lee. I mean, how is this program going to hold on to that man? Man, yeah, man, Coach Lee, special dude, man. I, you know, as far as how the program is going to hold on to it, man, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'll for sure hold on to that name. I'll for sure hold on to, you know, his legacy. And you know, I'll stay in communication with him, um, you know, in the years to come, um, you know, whether, I, you know, I leave this year or next year or another year. I got all these years of eligibility left. So, you know, we'll see, man. I think Coach Lee, man, is a great guy, and, you know. It's tough, you know, it's a tough business here, but, you know, do whatever you got to do to keep that man. So, you know. How would you define your relationship with Coach Lee? Is it friendship? Is it mentorship? Is it – just give me some sense of, of what that blend is. Coach Lee, Coach Lee, man, I, I, all those names that you said, I remember texting him on his birthday. I started off, man, with listing all his titles that he is to me. You know what I mean? Called him, you know – brother, father, you know, role model, you know, mentor, counselor, you know, he's all those things mixed together, man. And, um, you know, a guy like that is special to the player because you never know, you know, what background history a player has. And, you know, when you mix all those titles and you mix all those, you know, ability to do everything 
And when you make all that into one person, man, it, it makes that person special. And that's ultimately what separates um, is it, it's character, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, character you know, goes a long way in this game. Uh, when you're teaching young men, or, you know, especially in this transition stage. So I feel like, you know, he's the best man for that job and will continue to be that best man for the job. So. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's carved out really the perfect role for you. For fans that would have no clue, how would you define what the rover position is in a Clark Lee defense? Uh, just what it is. I mean, just what the title says, rover, you're, you know, you're roaming everywhere. And you're roaming, um, you know, in the boundary, in the field, um, down the line. Um, you could be doing multiple things in, in one play, having to read a lot as well. So you kind of, um, you know, have to always be on your P's and Q's. Um, a rover position in his defense is just, a, you know, a regular hybrid. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like safety. It's almost like a linebacker. It's almost like a defensive end. It's a lot. So, you know, that's probably what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, only two games remaining before a potential rematch against Clemson in an ACC championship game. How many times have you rewatched the film of round one so far? Well, you uh, you know, you watched it. You watched the film about three, four times, making sure you know, all the things that, are, you know, that were mistakes are corrected. But then, you know, you want to put it off to, you know, focus on the next thing at hand. You know, it'll be an exciting game if that is the case. Um, but for right now, man, we try to make sure we, you know, get at Syracuse to make sure we execute against the, their offense. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah, we really appreciate the time, man. Having an awesome year. Finish it strong. Enjoy every moment. Appreciate it, boss. Thank you. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.